On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are talking about the Maui Invitational bracket reveal. Uh, we, we did a special show this week, Tate. Mm. We, we put it in the feed. Maybe you noticed it, all you guys that listen that are subscribed to the pod, where we revealed the Maui Invitational bracket. So we're not going to like spend a lot of time on this show talking about it, but we're going to talk about how we talked about it. <laughs> and that's what sports media is at this point, right. is talking right. about the things that happened and reminding people of what was going on. But at the end of the day, you and I are back with the Maui Invitational. We're going to be going to Asheville. We're going to have great yep. games there. And uh, like you said, I mean, it's it's just the setting the tone for the fact that we are a college basketball podcast, in case you forgot. And here we yep. go. We have we, uh, if you want the deep dive, go listen. Go go check out the pod feed. We, we put up like a 30-minute something or other breakdown. But uh, we'll, we'll hit some very small stuff and move on so we don't mm-hmm. belabor it. But uh, yeah, we're going to... We had the scoop and 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 yeah, we, we like to uh we get excited when we get scoops. So we're gonna mm. talk about that a little bit. Also, Dick Vital Tate. I don't know if you saw this. Do you see yes, this? I did. Dick Vital about it. Uh has released his top 40. Is it too soon? Is it too early? It's not way <laughs> too early. I wouldn't say that. Um, but it, it feels maybe early. I don't know. What when is the cutoff point? We still don't have conference schedules yet. We still don't know what the season's gonna look like. Dickie V said, I'll wait for that later. Who gives a damn? Let's go. Here's my top 40. And he put for it this, out. Yeah, for this podcast, it's right on time. It's what yep. we need. Uh, my dad has famously met Dickie V at the Battle for Atlantis last year. He's been texting him almost every day ever since. <laughs> uh, he knew that Gonzaga was going to be the number one team. Dickie V loves Gonzaga. He loves the national championship run for the Zag. So that's a little spoiler, but we're going to have a great time with this list because it's going to be uh, for, 40 teams <laughs> that uh, they got to be riled up for this. We're going we're gonna to dig through that. We're going to talk NBA finals a little bit. Uh, who cares? Boring. <laughs> dumb. I was. I'll be honest. I was into the NBA Finals a lot more when I thought our friend had a chance of winning a title. Now that he doesn't have a chance, screw it. Who cares? I'm, I don't care about the finals anymore. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty much what it seems like. Everyone in the media did. They were all in yeah. for the Heat. Everyone's like, yeah. I love Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero. What a guy. And then and two days later, asterisk. None of this counts anyway. Who cares? Let's just go home. And then Five Star Friday. We're gonna we're gonna answer we're gonna answer whatever questions you left in the reviews, whatever comments. Tate Tate went through them, and he's gonna throw them at us, and we'll address those. It is Five Star Friday, so we're gonna have some fun here all that's coming up but first woody dur all right Ted, i was gonna start with the maui thing but you want to pivot right away you don't even want to address <laughs> maui do, do you just want to say like we already talked maui go listen to the maui podcast if you want more maui talk because you're, mean- you're just chomping at the bit you're ready to dive into these dickie v rankings <laughs> I just want to say this. I, I saw the top 40 come out, and I'm, uh-huh. I always read Dickie V's top 40 or whatever top list he puts out. Whenever he writes, I'm like, this is – I got to pause for a second. Even if he's on Periscope, I'll just, like, pop in for a second, throw <laughs> some hearts. I was an Italian restaurant. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, in a hot tub with a shirt on. I'm like – Howie Schwab's in the backseat. With- <laughs> like, this is what I like to see. More hearts, more hearts. But he puts this uh, top 40 out, and I'm reading it. Um, and before we get to the number one team, if you look back, like, 20 years from now, if kids were going to go on ESPN.com, I don't even know if it will exist at that point. But – if they were to dig up this article, you would never know that COVID was happening. Like th- there is no, 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 there is no. the, there is no mention of it in the first half or in the first opening paragraph of this article. And then we get to the number one team Gonzaga. So one, the first thing that I said was Dickie V is on fire. Uh, he, he he throws in the vi- the VBDI, which is the Vital uh, you know Ball Dome Index, which is you know everyone loves that. Everyone loves that he has made up his own index and his own his own stats to base things off of. So that's always a great start to see. And then the teams that he has, I mean, he just has some really bold predictions, I would say, at least, at least, you know, based on my understanding of college basketball. But I did think it was like a good baseline of like, what is the college basketball novice normal fan think about the season ahead? And Dickie V, he laid it out perfectly for us. And I think we just go through it 
and we help lay out a little bit too. Yeah. To your point about not addressing COVID, uh, I feel like Rostine does. Rostine never addresses anything going on in the mm. world ever, other than college basketball. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as a whole, I think the attitude f- from college basketball is that we've already paid our dues to this stupid virus. Mm-hmm. We 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 did not mm-hmm. get March Madness. Yeah. What else do you want from us? Yeah, we're exactly. we're done. We're not we're not going to acknowledge you anymore. You dumb virus. Mm-hmm. Get mm-hmm. out of our lives. We are here to to play basketball. <laughs> that seems to be it. Which you know, hopefully it works out for us. I hope uh, I hope we get to finish the season here. But yeah, it does seem like by and large, there's just a lot of like, eh, we already we already canceled the tournament. Screw it, we're good now, right? We're well, good, I think right? I, I think Dicky V said it perfectly. He said, "I'm going to go out on a limb and give up my preseason top 40. Mm-hmm. And I think you know most people would say give out, and he said give up. Give and up. I think that's where we are. We're just give up. Just this is up. give up that we're, we're right. give up. So uh, disclaimer: this is not. We are not giving our preseason top four. No, we are, no. this is not preseason for us. <laughs> we are reviewing Dicky Vitale's preseason top right, forty and right. giving our thoughts on what he put out to the world. That's our preseason is. starts after we get back from vacation, mm-hmm. which is like we're going on vacation. What like next week, and then we're going to yeah. be back at the end of October, uh, and then we'll start doing some pre. Then it might be time. Then it's to, really real. I kind of yeah. feel like preseason start. I saw like the was it the Big Ten or uh, other power? Co- I, I saw something reported like November first is what they're circling as potentially the date they release their conference schedule. So then by on November 1st, we should have an idea of like everyone's schedule. Mm. I feel like that's a good like date to say like that's when the preseason officially starts, but I don't know. I don't and, know. And, the rules here. and if you're confused, that's when the normal season used to start. So now we have yeah. like the preseason is around the normal season time and we move back three weeks. I'm still in off season mode until every program in the country releases their shirtless pictures in the weight room. Um, mm. We're still in technically off season. It's, mm. it's the tail end of off season, but it's still technically the off season. So uh, I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there that we are not offering our thoughts. We're just tearing apart Dickie V's because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do on this program. That's what we yeah, do we, best. You throw it out there, we tear it down, and then we keep moving. <laughs> there will be time later to tear down our picks, but yeah, exactly. We're not, we're not, we're not and, doing and that. The, and the best part about that is we do that on the same show. We do that with each other. <laughs> we do. Right. So where do you want to start? So Gonzaga's number one on his list. Mm. I feel like that's fair. So big picture thoughts: Gonzaga, Villanova, Baylor. Every single top anything that I've seen out of anybody that knows anything about college basketball has those three at the top in some mm-hmm. order. Put them in a hat. Draw them out of a hat. Uh, weirdly, I don't see anybody putting Villanova at the top. It's either Baylor or Gonzaga, and then Villanova's two or three. And then it's, it's like a weird, like, mm. like it's like a LeBron MJ thing where like Kareem is in the mix, but he's never number one on people's lists. Yeah. You know, a lot yeah. of people have Kareem at number two, but they never put him up at number one. That's, that's kind of how I feel about Villanova right now. It's like everyone's acknowledging they're in the conversation, but no one's putting them at the top. And Dickie V had it the same way. He had Gonzaga one, Villanova two, Baylor three take. It does seem like Villanova and Gonzaga just from the blue blood outlook on this, which is, you know, usually going into a season, there is just a declaration that Kansas or a Duke or a North Carolina or a Kentucky, they are your de facto number one. They are a blue blood. But then we talked about the the teams vying for that other blue blood spot. Gonzaga is obviously one of those teams. The Zags have been in the mix. Nova did it by winning two titles in three years. So that got people going to say Nova's that team. So I think it's kind of poetic almost that they are the two teams battling for the top spot right now because they're both just trying to say, we are the new age blue blood. We are the ones yeah. at the top. And then obviously, you know, Dickie V had Virginia there too, which is another team saying, hey, we're navy blue and we'll throw our head in the ring. It's just crazy how much changes in five years. That if, if, if five years ago, everything's the exact same and Gonzaga and Villanova have the exact same teams, Mm-hmm. college basketball people are not giving them the benefit of the doubt it's it's crazy how and how much changes in five years is what i wanted to point out that like <laughs> gonzaga is now considered like a lock like they're gonna they're gonna be great they're gonna be awesome and for so many years gonzaga was overrated they mm-hmm. were they would not finish 
halfway they would not finish in the top eight of the big 10 is what people would say or mm-hmm. uh they're mm-hmm. going to choke in the tournament all that kind of stuff now they get the benefit of the doubt same thing with villanova they always yep. choke jay wright was always on the cbs at the cbs desk at the second weekend of the tournament because mm-hmm. he lost in the second round and now villanova's won two titles and everyone's like yeah villanova of course they're going to be great well, i don't really what what's the right sadiq bay he's not sadiq bay's not back man eh, who cares yeah yeah, yeah exactly that's, who that's, cares? That's, it's villanova put him at the top <laughs> That, that's kind of the wild part about Villanova and Virginia for the most part. It's like we don't even have the the people that you can latch on to and say, oh, that guy's coming back. It's like Jay Huff and Colin Gillespie are the two guys that are coming yeah. back for those programs that you're like, oh, I'm fired up about well, shoot, these two Gonzaga guys. Gonzaga lost uh, Petrushev, who's the, yeah. was the WCC player of the year last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the same sort of thing with them. They got a, a Suggs, the five-star, is coming in. That that's I, that is why some people are are so high on Gonzaga. As, uh, that's probably why Dickie V has him at number one is because uh, – uh, they, 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 they lose Petrushev, but they bring in a five-star it's, it's Mark few. They still have a ton of talent with Kispert and Ayayi. Did I say mm-hmm. that right? Mm-hmm. I always, I always mess that up. That's hard. That one's tough. Well, it's because Jay Ajayi, the running back, it's got, you know, yeah. it kind of gets yeah. in your head a little bit and you're like, is that who I'm talking about here? No. Yeah. yeah. So Gonzaga is going to be good. Uh, I, I think Baylor, if, as I'm looking at it, I, again, this is not my preseason pick. Don't lock me in on this date. I'm just spitballing here. I feel like Baylor might be number one when mm-hmm. it comes for me to put out my preseason pick. They basically bring back everybody. They, they're three-headed monster. Uh, Mitchell, uh, 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 God damn it. Um, Teague. Uh, Teague, <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Maceo Teague, uh, Jared Butler, and Davion Mitchell. That's what I was thinking. God, I, I, I must. They, we, that's, we need, that's the beauty of Baylor, right? They're I, the perfect number three, but they could be the number one team. They're they're right in the right spot. Like they're the problem. They're super status. The problem with those three guys is you. I, I we need like a, a list of uh, uh, it, it feels like the Darren Head, Luther William, <laughs> <laughs> Darren. God damn it! I'm like, can we start this podcast over? I'm all over the place. They're they're all like too good to where there's not it, there's not mm-hmm. an obvious pecking order. I think Jared Butler is. I guess technically the best, but uh, Mitchell is one of the best. He's always listed first, like, yeah. but they're but he's always listed with Teague. It's always like Jared Butler and yeah. Masio Teague, like the, yeah. those two guys together. Yeah. And it's like you kind of run in the list. But Baylor with Scott Drew, we we declared on our last Five Star Friday that we are the Baylor of college basketball podcast, mm-hmm. which was a statement that was met with some chagrin by some, some enthusiasm by others, and some shock by Scott Drew. <laughs> and uh, Scott Drew, I think this is also the time you look at the three teams, like. Jay Wright, like he's already passed the point of proving something, but maybe, you know, we had the whole Quinterly thing. And that mm-hmm. seems to happen with Villanova whenever they get to a good spot, they start bringing in better, higher, you know, rated recruits. And then they have some growing pains and then they kind of mm-hmm. get back to business. Uh, I, but I got, Baylor, it for, I got it for yeah, you. What's Can the Jay Wright win without Jalen Brunson? Okay, there you and go. And Mikhail Bridges. Yeah. Because yeah. he hasn't proven that he can win a title mm-hmm. without those two. Mm-hmm. And I think coming into this year, that's what's on the line for him. He's basically turning into Popovich, where people are like, can he win without Tim Duncan and Tony Parker? Okay, so he can, but yeah. can he win? <laughs> like, we get the answer this year, and it's like, okay. But can he win outside mm. of – what if, if Villanova was in the ACC, could he win then? I don't I don't know. I don't know. what we'll to see. Yeah, I, I the, the top three, we're not going to, I guess – Yeah, it's a wash. Whatever. Wash, you, shake it yeah. up however you want. Yeah. You, you want to dive in at number four. That's where mm. Dickie V has lost you. That, that has your attention. So the Virginia Cavaliers, uh, mm-hmm. they are still the national champions. I just want to preface everything I'm about to say with that statement, just to get the Wahoos off my back, say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not trying to be biased here, but the Wahoos at number four say that Dickie V, he is drinking the Kool-Aid and then some. <laughs> and, 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 and that Kool-Aid might be spiked because he has the Cavaliers at number four, like I said. He's basically <laughs> banking on Sam Hauser, who was a transfer from Marquette, who was mm-hmm. basically – 
you know, there to set screens and not get mad at Marcus Howard when he was at Marquette. And now <laughs> no, he is going second. No, now, now, no, no, no. I'm just saying, I'm just pointing it out. Uh, and then you look at this team and it's Kihei Clark who did make the pass to Diakite and, and we respect <laughs> Kihei Clark's town. And then you have Jay Huff, but you're losing just, it's just shocking to me. Like I, I don't, I don't, in the same way that you just said about Jay Wright, like yeah. you lose that core group of guys, they leave. We're gonna flip things. Gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna turn things around and just kind of keep the machine going. But that's not always a guarantee in college basketball. But to have them at number four says that Dickie V must know something, and he must believe in Sam Hauser, and you do as well. So that, that's well, what I, I, I I believe in this. I believe in the formula. I believe in the system. I believe yeah. in Tony Bennett. I, yeah. I believe that Virginia, the basement. How do you say it? the cellar? Whatever. Like we know <laughs> of the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I, need, I need MJ here to help me. Mm-hmm. So like a team ceiling is how good they could. What's, what, do we, what do we call it? The basement? The cellar? Yeah, Whatever. The, 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 the yeah. lower floor yeah. of Virginia basketball is always, I would say, in the last however many years, like it is the highest in the country. Though. Like every single year going in, no matter what happened, no matter what roster Virginia has, you know that they're going to be decent. You know that they're going to be like yeah. five, six seed at the absolute worst. So the question becomes, how good can they be? And I think the difference between good Virginia teams and Virginia teams that just like run the system and 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 just suffocate people defensively, but can't score and then win enough games to like get ranked in the top ten, but then ultimately flame out in the tournament. The difference comes down to individual talent. It comes down to is there a guy that you could throw the ball to and say we need points? And the mm-hmm. national championship team, they had a lot of those guys. They had a mm-hmm. three. They had three. They of had those three guys. of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, last year they did not. They at Kia Clark, uh, Diakite, th- that is not their th- that that's not what they do. Jay Huff does not do that. And I think Sam Hauser, I don't know. I mean, like you, you're you're a little skeptical about the Marquette situation, which I will granted, I will point out that that numbers at Marquette are a little inflated. It's like the opposite of Virginia. Like when Malcolm Brogdon averaged like 14 a game or whatever it was at Virginia, mm-hmm. I, I I used to say that's like 25 a game at any other school. I feel that way about Marquette that like maybe some of his numbers, you know, they're a little inflated a little bit because it's Marquette and they, you know, they run and gun and shoot a lot of threes. But uh, I think Hauser is that guy. I think like that's the missing piece of Virginia. And I think that's the reason you be, you're optimistic about Virginia is because you know, they're going to guard, you know, that they're going to play well together. And all ultimately it's going to come down to when the score is 43 to 40 and there's three minutes left. Is there a guy that can get you buckets? And I think most people think Sam Hauser is that guy. Maybe you don't think so. That's okay. We'll find out soon enough. Yeah, I want to find out. I, I, that's all I want to say. I'm just shocked that everyone is already convinced mm-hmm. of that because I, I do think it's going to be a well, step up for him. And we've seen Reed Travis. Like There was a lot of hype I heard about Reed Travis when he went to yeah. Kentucky. He was going to dominate, do all these things. And like he was a solid player. That's what more of I, I will expect, say this. I, I expect more of that. Uh, Hauser's brother, uh, transferred Joey. To, Joey, transferred to Michigan State. And Tom Izzo was flipping his shit that he couldn't get him eligible right away. Mm-hmm. And he's the he's not as good as Sam. Sam's the better one. And Tom Izzo was still flit. Like Tom Izzo was like, we need like. You remember that last year? Like Izzo mm-hmm. was trying to get him eligible because Michigan State was number one in the country going into the season. He was like, add Joey Hauser to the mix. We're going undefeated. If Tom Izzo was that excited about the lesser brother, I think we we have to be excited about Sam Hauser at Virginia. I don't know. I, I, it's one thing to be excited. It's another thing to say that they're a top five team guaranteed and he's going to win <laughs> well, ACC player. Of I the mean, year. look around. So you know? okay, the inverse to this uh, is is you are the opposite, Dickie V. Like Dickie V, <laughs> the the joke I like to make is every year he wants to put four hundred teams in the sixty eight team tournament field. Uh, you are doing the opposite here, Tate. That someone has to be in the top five. There has to be five teams in the top five. Mm-hmm. So I, I I hear what you're saying. Virginia does not jump off the screen at me when I look at their roster, but 
who are you putting in the top five above them is the question you gotta someone's gotta be in the top five yeah i mean i i would be crazy if it had to be an acc team i think the best acc team is florida state and yeah. you know yeah. what i mean so that's that's sort of for me is why i'm more shocked i kind of do it by conference it's like when i see wisconsin i think illinois and iowa are better than wisconsin so yeah, Wisconsin, can we talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about oh, that. Let's finish the ACC thing. Can you make your point about Florida State? I'm but sorry. No, it, no, it's the same thing. It's like Duke's at number nine on Dickie B's list. We know that Duke yeah. is a guaranteed top 10, but putting him at 10 is a little too on the nose. So he's like, let's bump him up, baby. Put him at nine. And you, you just read the description. It's basically like Duke lost 46 points per game from their team last year. Uh, they're going to need Matthew Hurt to step up and Joey Baker. And you're like, this is the top 10 team? Like, what? And then same with North Carolina. I mean, it's like, they're like they lost, you know, these guys from last year. They were terrible well, last year. Yeah, Cole North Anthony's Car- gone. Uh, but Garrison Brooks and all the guys that weren't good last year are back, so they should be better. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's kind of how the well, ACC it- feels. In North Carolina's case, it might be a good thing. All those guys yeah. that sucked are gone. And now uh, maybe we have guys that don't suck as bad. Um, I still believe yeah. in Leaky Black. I like, so, I like Florida State, too. Florida State, people forget, they won the ACC tournament last year without even breaking a sweat, literally. They did mm-hmm. not break a sweat, and they were handed these <laughs> trophies. It was one and of the Boy, do they celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> there was no huh from Leonard that time. He was like, yeah, I'll take that. Thank you. Never seen anything <laughs> like it. One of the most, one of the easiest ACC tournament wins of all time. Let's have the Big Ten discussion. And again, this is not our our preview. So, like, you know, maybe we, yeah, this we don't is a light, blow it yeah, out yeah, too yeah. much here. Yeah, keep but it light. we need to acknowledge this because when I saw Wisconsin at five, on on Dickie V's list, I Larry David passing out was all I could think about. Like that was my reaction. I texted you, "This is criminal." I, I, I like I Dickie V. It, I don't know. I did, did he did he have a concussion when he was typing this up? Like I'm I am so confused. But what? what? I have a conspiracy about this. I think what? that the when college basketball is at its best, we have a a storyline and we have a villain of sorts, someone that every can everyone can mm. kind of point to and say like mm. that's the guy that I don't like. That's the team that I don't want to win you know whether it be duke with jj reddick you know you can go through the years grace mm-hmm. down kind of the same thing i'm not you know not to keep it duke specific but they're, they're sort of the formula for this but when you look at wisconsin brad davison with taking charges i mean he is he, is america hard- ready to find out that brad davison hasn't graduated yet i don't think they are i, I don't, don't think, think they are i don't think yeah. america's ready for that if i think it, it's Perry it, Ellis 2.0. Yeah, Everyone's going to freak out. The last seven months have felt like 10 years to people. It, the time has, has like, we all feel so much older. It feels like we've, we've lived through a decade. Uh, that when we turn on our TVs in November, December, we see Brad Davison. I think there are people that are just going to riot. Yeah, they're going to riot in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what's How is going this possible? on? Here? Yeah, please stop this at all costs. And, and then Dickie V had the Big Ten stat of the day for Wisconsin, which I know that you love. All five potential starters average at least 8.5 points per game. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Wisconsin. So I'm going to spell it out. Uh, again, I'm going to I'm going to make these exact same points when we do our own preview. Uh, yeah. The big question in the Big Ten is who should be the number one team in the Big Ten. Uh, mm. It is and in and, and a similar vein as Gonzaga, Villanova, Baylor. Uh, it, it seems to be a three-horse race in the Big Ten between Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois. Uh, Michigan State's going to be Michigan pretty State's good. There, there, Michigan yeah. State is Michigan State, but that's not as fun to talk about. Michigan State's like the token Duke pick where you're just like, yeah, they got good players and Tom Izzo. <laughs> all right, I'll throw them in. But the three that people are excited about in some order are Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois. I think we're going to learn a lot about college basketball analysts by who puts – of those three, who puts the certain teams the highest. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, it's Illinois. 
In my mind, it's not even close. Yeah. It's Illinois. Same. Illinois is the best of the three. Wisconsin gets all the love. Like the, the, the idea of Wisconsin being the fifth best team in the country, they might even be the fifth best team in the Big Ten team. Yeah. But, and I'm not even saying that hyperbole. Like the reason people are high on that, I'm going to spell this out for everybody. The reason people are high on Wisconsin is because technically, technically last year, they won a share of the Big Ten. It was a three-way tie with Michigan State and Maryland. Remember, mm-hmm. Maryland choked big time down the stretch. They lost like three of their last five. And it looked for a second like Turgeon was going <laughs> to turge it up. But Maryland saved a sliver of it. And Wisconsin snuck in the back door because they won eight straight to close the season. And it wasn't until like late February that Wisconsin fans – we had Big Cat on the show, Wisconsin mm-hmm. alum. He was talking about firing Greg Gard. This was like in early <laughs> January. He's like, yeah, I don't think Greg Gard's the answer. This team sucks. Get him out of yeah. my face. And they really didn't play well, like really – I, I got. I'm thinking back on like like they beat Maryland, they beat Michigan State at home. Both of those were kind of close games. I, I, they, they never really had like a definitive moment, but they technically won. I'm not trying to put an asterisk on their title last year. What I'm trying to do is give context for this year because mm-hmm. yes, they won the Big Ten last year. Yes, they bring back basically everybody, but my God, everybody is forgetting <laughs> about the context from last year, which is that it's an unbalanced schedule. Wisconsin had zero guys on the first team All Big Ten or second team All Big Ten. Zero, Tate. They have the the best player they have on their team is Nate Reavers. <laughs> this is not. They're not a good basketball for game team. For Nate, they're not a good. The they were twenty second kid palm. They were fourteen and six of the conference, which was good enough for first place. Like I said, like congratulations, cut down the nets, all that kind of stuff. But they were. This was a team that was not ranked until March. They were not ranked until March. They <laughs> they did not appear in the AP poll until March. And when they appeared in the AP poll, they were ranked twenty fourth, Tate. Mm. So, like I, I, I don't understand why everybody's forgetting about this team. But you look at their roster and you're like, oh my god, they're going to start five seniors and they won the Big Ten last year. I guess they're fifth in the country. I yeah, don't yeah. Know. I'll say I'll say this: two words, Micah Part, Micah Potter, and two more words, five star. And uh, I think people are buying into the fact that Micah Potter is coming, uh, you know, to cash in on what he deserved to do at Ohio State, uh, as you know. And yeah. uh, I think that's the only reason that you can believe this, or you just think that Dickie V wants to have them in his top five storylines. And I think the idea that that uh, I think Wisconsin you're onto something was, there yeah. was ranked high, and they've kind of fallen off the face of the earth. And it's like Greg Gard had a top ten team, and look where they are now. They're seventh in the Big Ten. That's a good storyline. And Brad Davidson trying to fight for his team to get back yeah. and be an eight seed like they were when they beat Villanova. You know, that salvage might be more the of a season. Story. Yeah, yeah. I, that's I, I envision a sal- let's salvage the season. <laughs> we're we're gonna have a players only meeting with all these seniors. They just have a like ultimately we. We said this when we were talking about the NBA Finals. It, the, the Jimmys and Joes and the X's and O's, Tate. The, the Wisconsin, I'm a Buzzcut Brad guy. He's been on the show before. We like him. I, mm-hmm. I want to go fishing with him. I was supposed to this summer. We'd set it up. Uh, it's not going to happen. I like Micah Potter as well, former Buckeye. There are mm-hmm. guys I like on the team. I if, if you guys are listening, I love you. Come on the show. D- defend your team. Defend Come your on the team. show and yeah. defend your team. That's fine. <laughs> what I'm seeing is you guys know it. Wisconsin fans know it, which is why last year they were like, this team is not – oh, wait, 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 wait. We won the big team. Okay, all right. I'm happy now. It's like mm-hmm. you – no Wisconsin fan liked that team last year. They just liked that they won the trophy at the end, which, by the way, it was just like a backdoor. Those eight games that they won at the end of the year, that eight-game winning streak they won on, they beat one ranked team. So, like, it just kind of – like, a lot of things just went their way. And, again, I'm not trying to asterisk their title. (laughs) I'm just trying to say, like – Come on, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think if you like went through the list of guys that we're going to be talking about in the Big Ten, like Luca Garza is obviously going to be probably yeah. the first name that we mentioned just because of the you know the National Player of the Year controversy in their opinion last year with Obi Toppin. So he's going to be a guy, Kofi Cobra and Io Desumo, like like Desumo and and Desumo is the best yeah, two way player in the country. I think yeah, that's yeah. back of all the yeah. guys. Uh, I think it's Garza is the best. I think Garza should be preseason Player of the Year in the country. Obviously, 
Just he 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 was so damn good. Aaron he Henry is my sleeper pick as well. Mm, I like as that. The guy that's going to be I in like the that. mix. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's the one. But I think two way players, as far as uh, yeah, guys that actually play defense. Desumu is, I think, the best guy that came back, which is why I'm so high on Illinois because Desumu, Coburn are back. Uh, but Shaunis Ville has like been up and down, but I think uh, he started Trent figuring Frazier. out last year. Trent Frazier's back. Iowa, uh, I we we got a lot of crap last year for for loving Dayton <laughs> so much, and Iowa fans I think took that personally. I like Iowa, but like the, it's the same. It's the same. I'm I'm gonna make the same points everyone else is making. Like they do, do they play defense? I don't know. I mean, they gave up. They had two games last year, Tate in the Big Ten, that they gave up 100 points in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. In the Big mm-hmm. Ten, <laughs> that doesn't happen in the Big Ten, and they gave I, up. Yeah. What are we I'm doing? Just, I was just going to say, like, who's the most shocking guy you see as a Big Ten player or a Big Ten coach or a Big Ten fan? It's like Joe Weiskamp uh, for Iowa or Brett <laughs> Davison. You're just like, what is going on here? Like, yeah. how long have these guys been here? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that the Big Ten is really interesting, though, as far as, like, everyone thinks that this is the year to kind of, like, put, like, yeah, they're all out, are well, that team. Other Big Ten stat of the day, Dickie V had nine out of the top 40 mm. out of the Big Ten. Big Ten's going to be pretty good. But, uh, yeah, the Iowa uh, – the, the other reason people love Iowa beyond Garza and Wieskamp is uh, Bohannon's back. Uh, he had he had hip surgeries last year that, that he was out for most of the year. I think he was out for the whole year or most yeah. of the year. I forget. Yeah, uh, Bohannon, yeah. But he had two hip surgeries. I, yeah. I just want to point that out to people. Like, he's not coming back from, like, a rolled ankle or anything else. He's coming back from two hip surgeries. If you know anything about hip surgeries, this was a guy that was not great defensively already, did not have great lateral quickness already. It would be an awesome story if he comes back and Iowa's great. He's he's He has a good career. But I'm not – like, if, if you're an Iowa fan and you're saying Jordan Bohannon is going to be the difference for us this year – I, I would I would pump the brakes a little bit. I would mm-hmm. pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure he can move his hips. <laughs> Let's make sure he's got lateral quickness of any sort whatsoever uh, before we get too excited is what I would say, which is why I think Illinois is the best going into the season. Anyway, that's way too much talk. For yeah, this yeah, not being a preview, that's way yeah, too much we're, we're, we're doing too much preview, so we're, we're going to pull back a little bit. I just want to ask you just from, from your – you see the top 25 that Dickie V wrote about. Was there any team that kind of stuck out to you or like, oh, I, I kind of forgot that they were going to be a really good team. I mean, UCLA bakes the list. Obviously, that's a team in there. Michigan's in there with Franz Wagner. I, I, think, I, have, I have a sneaking suspicion Franz Wagner is going to have a great year. Michigan, um, yeah, Michigan being ranked higher in Ohio State is like, I don't know, whatever. Juwan Howard has to beat Ohio State at some point, right? Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they lost, uh, so? they lost, uh, what, what, what's his name? Um, shit, what was Xavier Simpson's fake name? Jeffrey, it was Jeff, uh, Jeff Jackson Simpson. Jeff Jackson. They lost Jeff yeah. Jackson. I, I butchered that joke. I, I yeah, no, but I, I mean, uh, yeah, they, they they lost Xavier Simpson, who was like, every, like Michigan last year wasn't that good, and everyone was like, yeah, but they got Xavier Simpson, so they're you gotta you gotta respect him. And now they don't have Xavier Simpson, and they're still what? Because Isaiah Livers is there. Because I guess I you're looking say, at Isaiah. Livers Isaiah Livers in the same Brad Davison camp of like, oh my god, this guy is back here. The guy that started <laughs> over David Robinson is still here. Yeah. The, the, to answer your question, the team I locked in on and i thought dickie v was crazy and then i thought about it for like 10 more seconds and i was like i don't know maybe he's got a point arizona state at 18 Mm. he had arizona state at 18 and i was like that can't be right and then you're looking at it more and they got five stars coming in one of them's bagley's brother remy martin's back (laughs) and i listen i don't think arizona state at the end of the year is going to be i i i'm a mick guy Mick versus Bobby. I'm I'm Team Mick. I I just want to make that clear. I'm a Mick Cronin guy. So I think you say I believe in UCLA more than Arizona State. I don't think Arizona State's going to win the Pac-12. This might be the year for Bobby Bags. This might be the, the, like whatever yeah. that means. The, I don't know, but this is going to be the best team he's had in the desert. And this might actually he might put it together with this team. Is what I'd say. 
I don't know what the move up is for him. Like if they do make a sweet 16 or lead eight run, it could be like Texas maybe, but like Bobby Hurley with Josh Christopher, with Marcus Bagley, with mm-hmm. Remy Martin. And the fact that they are Mr. December, I mean, he is Mr. December. Mm-hmm. The team always plays well to kind of open the year out. And now it's kind of extended back. So this is like a December, January team. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to catch America's heart. And the mm-hmm. America might be like, you know what? I remember Coach Hurley. I remember his dad. I remember New Jersey basketball. This is like the whole nostalgia play. And then you can get Dan at UConn. I mean, this, I will this know, all works out. I will know the wheels are about to fall off Arizona State, though, when Schwartz texts me in all caps. And he's like, <laughs> how about those Sun Devils forks up, baby? Then I'll know that uh, they're in trouble. <laughs> <So weird. laughs> I'll, know that, <laughs> I'll know that he just cursed them and they're about to suck ass. What else? What else is there? I For you, it was the Virginia at four. For me, it was the Wisconsin at five. I mean, do we need to kill Dickie V any more than that? I don't know. Texas Tech no, is kind I of mean, surprising, I thought, too. I mean, I like Texas Tech I thought, a lot, but yeah. I thought Tennessee uh, is another one. Not that I'm surprised, but I mean, it's just kind of a team that I'm like, yeah, I need to keep an eye on Tennessee. Uh, Fulkerson is going to have probably an SEC player of the year running. There could be a chance that uh, there's like a Luca Garza versus John Fulkerson kind of like national Mm. uh, (laughs) player of the year that's going on between the big men. And that to me is like uh, Luke Heron going to tie her hands all over. Like, that's just funny. You know, that's good for everybody. Fulkerson (laughs) and the national player of the year. Can we clip that? Can we pull that clip? I mean, if if Fulkerson <laughs> dominates like you're going to be upset about this uh but i do I like tennessee and, yeah and uh and and i think a top 10 team i'm a little bit like ah oh, that's interesting um but they have consistency and continuity and that matters in college it matters in any team so i, I have a little bit of faith there the other team that's like sneaking uh, not sneaking up on people but like no one's really that excited about but i think it's going to be better than people think uh dickie v had kansas at six and so he, he mm. wasn't disrespectful. They're not sneaking up on him. They're not really going to sneak up on him, but they're going to be a top 10 team to start the season. But because they lost Dotson and Azubuke, uh, I think people are going to think Kansas isn't going to be that like, cause they, they were the best team in the country last year. They're not going to be the mm. best team in the country this year, but they're still going to be very, very good. They still have a mm. lot of athletes. They're still, they still have Marcus Garrett back. Uh, who was the defensive player in the, year in the country, by the way, last year. Um, they're going to lock people up. They're gonna, I, I feel like they're going to struggle to score sometimes, but, uh, I don't know. Kansas has my attention. Kansas is the yeah. only, like, honestly, going into the season, Kansas, I think, might be the only blue blood I believe in. Duke and Carolina and Kentucky. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. Unless we're counting yeah, yeah. blue blood now. <laughs> I would say, but Cormac, too, like, in the in the post, I feel like he learned mm-hmm. a lot from Azubuke. It's like, as far as, like, how to, like, talk on defense and run the team from the five spot. And then the guard play will be a little suspect, of course, but apparently they have you know the yeah. horses to make it work and they seem to pass you know that baton pretty well within the program and uh yeah i mean kansas and bill self are always a team to be reckoned with and being outside the top five is great for them i think from, yeah from i think a so standpoint. From a yeah. yeah yeah this was this was way too in-depth for for a not preview we're we're, we're hey. getting way too in-depth but uh yeah we got to save some should, for our own should, should we pivot to the nba finals we just and, want you know what you know what we did right there is i just wanted to get on record i just wanted to like uh get clips of us saying certain things about teams and then when it's time to do our previews let's just say the opposite yes yeah. i will never talk about opinion. john fulkerson again that <laughs> yeah. would be the last time i ever and then him. and then we see how the season plays out and then we point back to we have we haven't you know we can point back to either clip as to how right we were yeah remember there. what we said <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else what else is there I honestly, I would say like uh, of the teams that were left off, uh, Indiana stood out to me. Louisville stood mm-hmm. out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, just the talking about, mentions. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're still in the top 40, but they weren't actually written out. They're, they did, there's no blurb for them. Dickie V said, I will not write a blurb for these guys. I will save, uh, you know, that that thinking period of time. But, I mean, when I think about Louisville, just maybe bring up uh, the Calipari situation. Should we talk about oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, was... yeah. Because I had I had a couple other bullet points I want to hit on college basketball before we get to the finals. Number one, before we get to the Calipari thing, Gonzaga and Iowa are playing December 19th in South nice. Dakota in the Pentagon. That's going to be an awesome game. I'm very excited mm-hmm. for that. That, that should be – uh, if everything goes right, that game should be in the 90s, at least. I mean, there should be a lot of points scored. Those might be the two yeah, best yeah, offenses yeah. in college basketball. It, it, it reminds me of the Jerry Colangelo classic uh, a few years back that we went to with Tennessee and yeah. Gonzaga. It's just a great December matchup. So that's Great a- December matchup. Great place to mm. host it in the Pentagon. Mm. Um, <laughs> is the Pentagon is the Pentagon having a moment? Shall I was going to say, like, the, I, I think the Pentagon in D.C. must be really upset about this. <laughs> yeah. the branding. You know, it's kind of like with USC, you know, with South Carolina, they keep like calling themselves Carolina or USC. It's like yeah. now the Pentagon's trying to take the, the corner. It's pretty good. Yeah, the battle for Atlantis gets moved there. Gonzaga, Iowa are going to play there. People forget Duncan Robinson played his G League games <laughs> in the Pentagon. And now he's, uh, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, we got to talk about Cal's video response to to Chris Mack because this is this is turning into just like, the 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 rivalry that will never end the the Twitter back and forth that will never end we we Cal made a video responding to Chris Mack's video which was responding to Cal's comments which were responding to Chris Mack's comments which were responding to Cal's mm. comments which were, <laughs> I don't I don't even know what iteration we're on at this point but uh, I feel like Cal just killed it because his video sucked but then I saw today Chris Mack was on was was doing something with Jeff Goodman and he was talking like Goodman asked him about Cal's video yeah, Chris yeah, Mack he was doing a periscope a, Jeff yeah, Goodman Yeah, doing Goodman the did a periscope so yeah. Mack was addressing Cal's video on the periscope and I'm like my god is this is this like what we're going to do until the season starts is this back and forth with Chris Mack and and John Calipari making and, video <laughs> and and the best like with covid policies and things they're not going to be able to shake hands or anything so it's going to be this distance like <laughs> grudge you know what I mean and everything how close do they get to each other like you know, he doesn't, Chris Mack doesn't want any part of this, but I, I didn't even see the John Calipari video. You had to tell me about this. That's how lackluster and milk toast. Yeah, it was, it was not good. I mean? But as we've said all along, Cal knows that he's going to win the game and he has the better team and he's yeah. dominates. He doesn't want to be so a part care. of this. He doesn't yeah. want to win the banter. He's not trying to win the banter, which is why I expect Chris Mack's rebuttal to the rebuttal to the rebuttal to the phase 77 of this is Chris Mack doing the uh, uh, listening to Fleetwood Mac drinking the ocean spray on a skateboard. <laughs> And then he just shouts out John Calipari, and then we're like, "All right, I yeah. think I think this is yeah. done. I think we're Coach done Calipari, <laughs> I'm coming for you." And he's just like on the skateboard, <laughs> yeah, going down to Lexington. And then we're yeah. like, "All right, Chris, that's enough. All right, yeah. let's." Uh, this, let's you've memed that. it too much. Yeah, so, we've yeah. Me- <laughs> the yeah. meme has gone too far. All right. Even Sister Meme is like, "Can you guys just calm down here?" Like, Shout out Sister know- Meme on Cameo, hundred one dollars. We got a booker. Should we book her for the show? Yeah, I think we have to. You're so. listening to Titus and Tate. Just, I, I, hi, this is I don't think G. she would do it. I don't think she would do it. <laughs> Her handler is like, do not under any circumstances. Yeah, do not engage. These guys said that you were going to send them to hell. So you got, they're out. Never forget that Jim Cunningham made a Photoshop of <laughs> at her live show. I'll see show. you in hell, Tate. I'll see you in hell. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, other news and notes, college basketball. The Gavit games are officially done, according to Rothstein. So uh, the Big East Big Ten challenge is not happening this year. They'll bring him back, though. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a bummer. That kind of sucks. I think that's it. That's all I really had. We can move on to the finals because the segue from college basketball to the NBA finals has to be this Nigel Hayes thing. Do you want to yeah. explain to the people what happened here? 
Well, basically, it's as simple as this. Tyler Hero has become beloved. He has taken on the the moniker Baby Goat amongst the internet. We talked about this last week. There's a difference between like the actual basketball that's being played. Because mm-hmm. like Jay Crowder and Duncan Robinson are the guys that have made 53-pointers together in the NBA playoffs run so far. And it's like a list with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and like you know the usual Kyrie Irving and J.R. Smith kind of thing. But Tyler Hero has become that guy because he's the youngest player in the finals history. And mm-hmm. we all saw him decide to decommit for Wisconsin, go to Kentucky, yada, yada, yada. We all know the story. But then we get the real story because Brian Windhorst, who's got boots on the ground in the Miami Heat world, he decided mm-hmm. to stay down there. He said, you know what? I'm not following LeBron back to Cleveland. I'm happy to stay in Pat Riley's universe. So he got the scoop. He got the story. Tyler Hero's dad, Chris Hero, tells the story of a, you know, a little bit of concern early on. He's like, why is Jimmy Butler taking a liking to my son? I don't really get this. You know, he, he basically said to his dad, Jimmy's a good guy, you know, just just, yeah. just believe me, dad. Listen, yeah. we, we've all been there with your dad. You just want to make sure that they know you're around good people. And then the story continues and keeps playing out. And we get an AAU story from Nigel Hayes, of course, uh, you know, famously a meme, you know, that said, did you did you hear that in the NCAA tournament? Also mm-hmm. famously did the Jordan uh, pivot back down the baseline to beat mm-hmm. Villanova the year after they had won in 2016. In the famously round. came back to Wisconsin, tested the waters in the draft. The waters mm-hmm. told him you should shoot a shit ton of threes. And then yep. he came back to Wisconsin and was like, I'm, I'm a shooting guard now. <laughs> Everyone's like, like, that's well, not sorry, that's yeah, not what we needed, Nigel. What is happening here? Uh, and so he comes out in this report and basically says that it was him that was kind of pushing Tyler Hero, the man to leave his home state of Wisconsin and play for UW-Madison and yep. to go to Kentucky because he had, you know, just too much. I can't remember the exact term he said, but basically said he had too much swag and too much, yep. you know, like the talent to go there and should have gone to Kentucky. And uh, if you're if you're a UW-Madison, a Wisconsin fan, that's probably not what you want to see. That's not what you want to see. The, the, the official quote in the Windhorst article from Nigel Hayes was, this is going to make some people mad. I was one of the ones who advised him to not go to Wisconsin with the talent he has. Which, like, to be fair, Nigel Hayes is not saying anything that you and I haven't said a million times in the rest of America observing Tyler Hero. Like, that's mm-hmm. I, 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 I think of two things when I watch Tyler Hero. One is that we, we belabored this point talking about it uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Duke game, I think about that. Just watching him baseline runner against the Duke game. The other yep. thing I think is this man almost went to Wisconsin, which, Wisconsin, which stylistically – I, it's hilarious to think of like him and Buzzcut Brad like finding any common ground whatsoever other than basketball. Like mm. Brad's like, "Hey, you want to go fishing, man?" He's like, "I I literally can't swim, Brad. I don't know." <laughs> yeah, what are you I talking about? I don't want to be Brad? on the water. No. Yeah. Yeah, Brad's do you have like, a yacht what? that I can get on yes. that I can go swag on? I'm sorry, like, Tyler, you are you not a white man from Wisconsin? He's like, "I am, but listen, man, that's Yeah, that's not okay. me. That's not me. <laughs> like, what? Nigel Hayes is not pointing out anything. This isn't shocking to anybody. What makes it shocking is that it, Nigel Hayes is a Wisconsin guy. You would think that mm. and, and and as far as I know, he has no bad blood with the Wisconsin program. So to me, when I read this, this felt like a move from Nigel Hayes that he was trying to in Nigel Hayes's mind he thought, if I say this to Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero will think, damn, that guy is just looking out for me. He's not looking yeah. out for Wisconsin. He's looking out for me. He loves me, the person. And that's how I know that Wisconsin is the right place for me. Like, that's mm-hmm. how Nigel Hayes saw it going. And Tyler Hero was like, word? Like, that's he's that's like, good, good advice. <laughs> he's like, dang, that's a good point. I definitely am not going to go there. I'm it, it, he was like, I'm sorry, and Nigel's guys. like, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I thought that reverse psychology would work on this guy, like most people, but he seems pretty straightforward and literal with everything. So he was like, oh, good point. Yeah, I should go to Kentucky. Um, but I think it I think it adds another layer to the whole, like, hatred. If like, I was a Wisconsin fan, I think there would be less, I got to be less upset with Tyler Hero, you know? Like, yeah. I know they had a lot of hate for him for going to Kentucky, and he was only there for a year anyway, but 
that whole process, knowing that he decommitted, but had some kind of, you know, not not pushing by other people that were in the program, but just like kind of just good advice, sound advice in his mind. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to take that and run with it. I feel like that's better than like thinking that he snaked out your school or whatever it may be. So, no, so, so you think to yourself, like, does Tyler Hero need the approval of Wisconsin fans? And the answer is probably not. Like, he's no. not like, I, it's not like the man, what is he going to tailgate at Wisconsin football games? And he's, <laughs> he, he's mad now that he can't go to Madison and hang out. But at the same time, he's from Wisconsin and like, you would like to be welcomed back home. You know, like yeah. you would like to think that like, if I go back to my hometown, there's no, I'm not going to go to the local drugstore or something. What, I mean, what year is this? 1950? What am I saying? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go Walgreens. in there and, and, and uh, some lady's going to stop me and yell at me. Cause I decommitted from Wisconsin. Like you, you would like to think you're welcome back home. And yeah, I think Nigel Hayes, I, I don't know if, I think it would have been better if it was like Frank Kaminsky that said this or mm. Sam Decker other than Nigel Hayes. But, uh, I don't know. As far as I know, Nigel Hayes is, is beloved in Wisconsin, right? Like he's a, he's people like him. So um, yeah. him giving him giving hero the stamp of approval, hopefully it's okay. But at the same time, like if I was a Wisconsin fan, I would be really shitty about that too. Like, like, especially as Tyler hero continues to be great. You're like, that could be our guy. You could point to that guy. Cause Wisconsin doesn't really have that in the pros. Like Kaminsky's okay. He's not, mm. he's not the guy. He's not the guy that you're pointing at and retweet and, and, and people, uh, the Wisconsin basketball account on Twitter is like tweeting all the highlights, like reminding you, he, hey, that guy that's killing, he went mm-hmm. to our school. He went mm-hmm. to our school. Tyler Hero could have been that guy. And unfortunately, he's not. He's, he's he, another one of Cal's guys. Yeah, I was going to say, he's <laughs> Cal's guy and he got what he wanted. In fact, Cal tweeted uh, the other day saying uh, he wished that he had been making more comments about the finals, but he just wanted everybody to know that he is uh, obviously so proud so and, and so impressed yeah. with his guys. And, uh, that, does, that to me was a swag move from Cal. Just to be like, I, I wish I could watch my guys in the finals, but I just got so much work going on in it. And well, they'll be there again. You know? Or like, and then he follows it up and he's like, I've been trying to watch the fight. It's, I got to be honest, I don't know who to cheer for. There's so many of my guys playing mm. in this thing. Like, it's hard mm. to keep track mm. of them all. I think I'm going to just abstain and say, you and, know what, good luck to all of you. <laughs> and somehow revisionist history, like Cal coach Rondo now, like everyone's like, man, like another guy, another one, this one tweeted us, another one of Cal's <laughs> yeah. guys. It's like Rondo made that layup. I'm like, this is unbelievable. How far will this go? Tom Crean's like KCP. Good take. <laughs> Tom Crean, coach KCP, <laughs> Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder. Yeah. Somehow Gordon Dragic, he knew oh, him when he was over yeah, in uh, yeah, yeah. Slovenia or whatever. Who else could, could Cal claim? I mean, Cal's claiming LeBron, right? Like, yeah, he, for he's sure. He's got to claim LeBron. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, Tom Crean coached Danny Green's brother, so that mm-hmm. counts. He mm-hmm. gets that one as well. Um, <laughs> what a I think Danny Green through. played in that pickup game when Kentucky and Carolina like played that random pickup game with like the older yeah. for charity. So Cal was like, yeah, I've been coaching while he was on the I floor. So <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> Danny, Dan, love Danny. He's a good kid at him. It's just the best. That's why we love college coaches. It's all God about your tree it. and uh, all your players. And, uh, yeah. Finals thoughts quickly. Uh, the Lakers are up 3-1. It appears that the Lakers are inevitable after all. The Heat uh, won one game, and the question became, is this a series now, or is it just the Lakers having one hiccup like they seem to have had every round of these finals? Uh, and we got our answer. It appears. I don't know. It might not be over. Teams have come back from down 3-1. I don't know if you've heard about this, date. Mm. That is something that happens in the NBA. But uh, 
the Lakers are a better basketball team. I think it comes down to that. And I think, uh, I don't think that's going to change between now and Friday. <laughs> yeah. I, I would agree with that. I think if I'm the Lakers though, like I, like they said that the, you know, game four, I mean, obviously every game should be a must win, but they were, you could tell that they had a very stringent focus to make sure that the heat did not get the confidence of tying up the series. Yeah. And this next game, like don't play around with the heat. Like if they win and then they have a Sunday night game where they can actually tie up the series, then We've already seen this bubble. Three one is not really three one. Like this is this is not the I'll usual. Explain. Two points is not two points. I'll explain. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know how it is. And uh, I don't know. In the bubble, I, I three one leads are not the same. So don't play not... around with these guys. Yeah, and the, the Lakers it's, it's, did. I don't the... think it's not. Over, you know what I mean? Like, it, like yeah. if I'm the Lakers, I'm like I want to finish this game on Friday and get out of here. Yeah, I, if I'm the Heat, I want to get out of here too. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's Duncan, writing, Duncan wants to get out. Of the Lakers, they put the clamps on at the end of the at the end of game four it was like, mm-hmm. yeah you're, you're you're absolutely right there was like a sense of like we are going to make win sure. this game no this doubt is, this is clear yeah. yeah to make it clear we are winning this game and they're like mm-hmm. yeah um i don't know i i i don't know i'm <laughs> i'm bummed I, I i duncan had a good game that was cool he had 17 points he was getting roasted defensively and everyone was killing him for it but it's like can i defend him real quick can i like yeah, defend please. duncan because yeah, uh go for it i mean what do you want him to do, Tate? Like, what? What? I don't like. People are killing him because he can't. Because every time down the floor, the Lakers go ISO on Duncan, and then LeBron will like drive past him. I mean, he's 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 not a good def- like. What what else do you want him to do? It's not like he's not trying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not like. Uh, what I'm saying is it's unfair. Leave Duncan alone. Stop going after him, Lakers. Like there should be a rule. You can only go after a guy. <laughs> only like two or three possessions in a row and then the fourth possession you can't i and also just one time because like there were times when he'd get isoed and he'd play decent defense which by the way who plays good iso defense in the NBA? there's like seven guys that can guard yeah. you know what i mean yeah meanwhile the lakers are five out you know in these sequences so they have five guys standing around the three-point line and all duncan's thinking is like i don't want to let kcp take a free like open three right so he's like closing out and then kcp is like this is gonna be the one time i drive by you in the game so it's like i mean of course like in the moment there's an easy layup and there's a lot of people that are saying you can't give up that basket in crunch time but and like what do you playoffs. yeah yeah what do you want him to do <laughs> god damn it like like they're like duncan robinson's not built for this it's like no shit. Like we like the yeah. guy's out there to get buckets. That's what he's out there for. He's he's not necessary. He maybe I guess is venturing on being a liability in some of these situations in the playoffs. But for the most part, his defense is getting better. Like he's trying his best. He's trying, guys. He's trying. He's guys. trying. Be nice. <laughs> Leave him alone. Yeah. Leave Duncan even, alone. This even is your when he plays, video. even when he plays good defense, he gets killed for it because guys will score. And that to mm. that point, I say like. Uh, what, what I said earlier, like how many how many guys are great at ISO defense in the NBA? How many guys that LeBron James comes off a ball screen, a switch happens, now he's got now he sees Duncan Robinson. Who does LeBron James see guarding him now on a switch that he's not licking his lips? There's like seven Kawhi. guys in the league. Yeah, yeah like Kawhi yeah. <laughs> and I'll say six more just to say it. So yeah. leave Duncan alone. He plays good defense sometimes. I just want one time to see. I, I just want on one play for Duncan to get the that's gr- good defense, but even better offense treatment. He never gets mm-hmm. that. If he gets mm-hmm. scored on, I just want to hear Mark Jackson say one time, good defense, but let's LeBron James a better offense. You know, like, can you get that treatment one time? Because this is this is ridiculous. It's unfair. It's, he's also getting picked on on both sides. He's getting picked on on the court, and then the media, like you said, there's no one's doing him any favors. They're like every single time LeBron sees that matchup, he's going at him, and it's yeah, like, all yeah, right, yeah, that's yeah, not, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not like, like that. It's not that bold. I mean, at I mean, a certain <laughs> point, Spolstra, like it's on Spolstra because like 
either take him out or like change the defensive scheme or just roll with it and say, that's all right. If he gives up two points on this end, cause he's going to hit a three on the other. End. Yeah. My point is Jake Duncan Robinson did what he was asked to do in that game. Leave him alone. He was, yeah. he was put in the game. He was asked to hit threes. He scored 17 points. He, he tried his best. on the end. Just leave him alone. <laughs> leave him alone. You guys. It's like, it's like a pitcher uh, in the national league coming up in a big spot and the, and he doesn't get pinch hit for, and then he strikes out and everyone's like, this mm-hmm. asshole can't hit for shit. What is mm-hmm. he? Don't be mad at him. Mm-hmm. Can't blame a fish for swimming. That's yeah. what he does. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, I love it. I love it. And also like, as far as Duncan goes, I mean, he's happy to be here. You know what I mean? That's, that's what we're always scared of in these moments that you're just a little too happy to be here. And the Lakers, they seem like if they aren't here, and, here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They want to win and get home. And, uh, I don't as know. I said, as I've said all along, the moment Kobe Bryant passed away, you would have to be outside of your own school to think that any other team in the National Basketball Association had any chance whatsoever of winning the title. Mm. Any chance whatsoever. And then the moment they brought the moment the last dance happened, and then the moment they brought the NBA back, if you thought LeBron James was not going to be gifted another title by the National Basketball, you're outside of your school. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm going to say that Duncan Robinson had a better plus-minus than LeBron in Game Four. I'm going to say that as well. <laughs> yeah, nice, good game, Duncan. We're proud of you. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. Come back, do Five Star Friday, and wrap it up. Quick break for a message from NHTSA. Distracted driving is a serious problem on our roadways, leading to the deaths of thousands of people and injuries in the hundreds of thousands each year. When you take your eyes off the road, even for a second, it can be deadly, not just for you, but for others as well. It's important to know that 48 states ban texting and driving. So distracted drivers are not only putting people at risk, they're breaking the law. Look, it's dangerous to use your cell phone behind the wheel. That's why law enforcement officers write tickets and enforce anti-texting and driving laws. Remember, eyes on the road, hands on the wheel, and mind on driving. Remember, you drive, you text, you pay. But that's not the only driving safety thing we need to talk about. We also have to talk about stopping at railways. If you've ever stopped at a railway crossing and the signals are flashing and you don't see the train or it appears to be moving slow, and you're thinking that maybe you could get across the tracks before the train comes, think about this. Even if the engineer sees you and applies the emergency brakes right away, It can take a train over a mile to stop. I'll say that again, over one mile to stop. By that time, it's too late and the resulting crash will be deadly. So please, please, please stop. Do not try to pass through a railway crossing if the signals are flashing. You have to stop because trains can't. All right, Titus, we are back. It is Five Star Friday. This is the, uh, the shameless game that we are playing with all of our listeners, which is basically... Go give us a rating and or review, mainly mainly for the review for Five Star Friday. But you get the five-star review. Then you give a rating. You give your name. You write anything. And then we say it and talk about it. It's as simple as that. Uh, I don't know what else I can say other than thank you for doing it. I'm enjoying it, reading all these comments. And the first person that came up, Mark Titus, this is a pretty simple one, pretty easy one. This is from Geek 7 He said, at Mark, then space, Titus. So not even at Mark Titus together in one thing. He said, "Scope my cameo request, dog." So oh, I don't, I, I don't know who, I don't know who this man great is. Great Con review. Geek Seven. He said, five stars. Please scope the cameo request." So right. uh, done, they, done. They, Book me on cameo. Uh, cameo right. is going well. I'm, I'm having a great time. Sister Jean has, has come and uh, blew up my spot by, by having 101 dollars. Like that makes yeah. me look like, yeah, cheap. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me look cheap. Yeah, yeah, we don't like that. I but think no, uh, we- I, I want to reiterate: all the money is going to the Club Trillion Foundation scholarship, so it is for a good cause. And uh, yeah. No. I, I will say this. I have to point this out. Cameo reached out to me again uh, really? because and, and they use you as an example. They're like, Mark Titus is on Cameo. We know that you've ignored <laughs> us before. 
And the real truth of it is like, I just don't want to like be well-dressed enough to have to do videos all yeah, the time. So like, I will say, I finally gave the honest answer of that. I was like, I just don't want to be, you know, presentable enough to respond to people. I will say I'm taking it far more seriously than I, <laughs> than, I'm taking it far more seriously than Greg Oden is. I've seen Greg, I'll Ooh. be, I've been at dinner with Greg where he said, he's put his finger up and he said, stop talking, Mark. I got to shoot this real quick. And mm. he's done it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm trying to get the angles right. I'm trying to like, I'm writing out scripts. I'm, I'm reworking scripts. I'm sending them to my creative team. I'm saying like, do you think, do you think I should say this or is this joke better? And yeah, I don't know. I love it. Well, please go scope the cameo request. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Uh, all right, next one. Okay. Another five star review from Colin PM. Uh, yep. He said, Tyus and Tate, here's your abbreviation. We've been, we were once OSP, One Shining Podcast. We hated that name. So we used the abbreviation OSP. And then a lot of people have uh, asked for a new abbreviation. They said, Friday's episode, Tyus mentioned needing an abbreviation. I've got the perfect one for you guys DTB, drop the bag, rolls right mm. off the tongue. We'll absolutely catch on. DTB. I'm not sure yeah. if it will, um, especially because it yeah. has nothing to do with Titus and Tate. I mean, TNT yeah. is the best we have. Uh, you know, we know we drama. really we kind of do need like an acronym that uh, sticks with us as we change the show, though. <laughs> I mean, Colin <laughs> PM. Colin PM wants DTB. He wants DTB. Once, once, uh, once the new season starts and we inevitably change the name of the show, uh, we we should have an acronym that just like lasts the test of time. You know, mm, mm. TTS. Titus Tate show and it's tits. <laughs> I'm it's pronounced it's, tits. I I think it's TNT, but I don't want to get sued, so we'll figure TNT, it out. Yeah, I don't know. Back to the drawing board. I don't know if DTB is the answer. I don't think that's the answer. I don't think it's the answer, but Colin PM, thanks for the question. But thanks I appreciate five star review. Yeah, 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 that's all. And go to Cameo and and book uh, Sister Jean or Mark Titus. It's up to you, Colin. Uh, next one we have is they didn't even give us a name, but the the name is like Are We Sure? Uh, you know, four words like Are We Sure? Uh, Coach K voice is the the headline here, and then a couple of Tate thoughts, which is the worst thing I ever see on the internet. Uh, I'd gotten over my initial shock from the T up days that Tate isn't black to recognize you guys are one of the best pods out there. But I got to know why why Tate stopped doing the Coach K voice. Haven't heard mm-hmm. it since OSP. Did Duke sue Titus and Tate over his image mm-hmm. likeness? Can you use the health and safety of the kids this pandemic to force Majeure using it again? Bring back <laughs> Coach K voice. Uh, I mean, this is I'll answer this. This is simple. Uh, there was a once upon a time there was a, a contract in place that I was like I don't know if Coach K voice <laughs> needs to be used for for fear of retribution. Uh-huh. We've passed that point. Now we are fully on to distribution. And this season, once we get back from break, I am back. Bust it out. Yeah. Yeah, bust it out. And, and in fact, I out. might I might do a presser for where Coach K is in his life, <laughs> which is uh basically what, what has Coach K been up to during the pandemic? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it will be back. Don't It'll you worry be back. about that. Yeah, the uh, the non-compete, it's weird. What yeah, you had that that was like done. the number one thing. It's like the coach K voice, all, all the other yeah. work you've ever done. They're like, yeah, eh, who cares? We don't really no, care. They're like, we that. have we, it. We, we own we that. Own, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you can't have that voice either. Um, so we're back. Uh, that's good news. This, this is a good question. We have another one from J man, Carl, uh, okay state. And I'm glad I found this yep. podcast. Uh, J man, Carl says, first off, love the podcast. I love college basketball and proper banter. I was curious where you guys stood on the whole debacle going on between the Oklahoma State mm-hmm. Cowboys versus the NCAA. We've talked about this. Also, how does not having Kate Cunningham in the tournament affect any sort of ratings, exposure, etc.? Thanks again. Thank you, J-Man Carl. What do you think about this, Titus? So two things. One, Cade Cunningham will be in the tournament. They're going to appeal mm. it. They're going to find a way. Even if they have to, even if they have to uh, endure their punishment as it's been laid out right now, 
they're just going to postpone it a year. Um, and mm. I'm not saying that as because I'm sourced and I've talked to people. I'm saying that because I've watched college basketball. And I know how these things work. And there's no way that after we had a tournament canceled, you're now going to leave the the number one player in the country, a guy who could be the number one pick, out of the tournament for some bullshit. Uh, which brings me to the second part. As a reminder, and this is important, I think, I think we need to flesh this out. I, I know we've talked about it before on the show, but I just want to – pointed out to people that the situation at Oklahoma state is bullshit. And mm -hmm. it's not, I don't say this as a guy who is anti NCAA. I think if you listen to the show long enough, you know, that we try to be uh, fair. Yeah. We try here. to be fair. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there's sometimes where I'm like, yeah, the NCAA kind of has a point. And with recruiting violations, I am generally a guy that's like, no, you know, cause like most of the, the people on Twitter lose their mind and they're like, let them play. Why, mm -hmm. why punish anybody? And, you know, sometimes I'm like, no, hang on a second. They broke the rules. They need to serve a punishment. The difference with Oklahoma State is a reminder to people. Lamont Evans, the assistant coach, was not recruit. This was not a recruiting violation situation. This was a situation he was taking bribes to steer all guys who were already at Oklahoma State. He was steering them to certain financial advisors once their careers were over. Yeah. Which is important because that the, the 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 reason that's important is because Oklahoma State was never gaining a competitive advantage. He was not dropping the bag. Maybe he was, but we don't have evidence of that. Or the FBI does what he's least. charged with is on the back end. Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's on the back end. Uh, so that's what makes this bullshit is that this was not like a systemic thing with Oklahoma State bag dropping, trying to get five stars to campus. This was one guy uh, trying to steer the players to a certain financial advisor after their careers are already over. Two, uh, Mike Boynton's the only guy uh, involved in the program who was even involved in the program then, which granted he is the head coach. So it's not like it's some, um, it's not like he's the water boy or whatever, but still it's like most of the people that are there now had nothing to do with that. Um, which I think matters. A lot of times it doesn't matter, you know, cause sometimes it's like gets dicey and you have to still punish them. But, but I don't know. You, you, you read all the details of all this. It is, it is total horseshit. And I think they're going to win their appeal. And uh, even if they don't, it's going to, the appeal process is going to kick it kick the can down the road to where King cut in hand place. That's how I see it shaking out. I hope so. I hope that's the case. And I think if you're the NCAA at this point, like you said, I mean, why are you, when you have a golden goose over here and you have a chance to bring in, uh, you know, the, the NBA casual that wants to see this guy is going to be the number one pick. Of course you do that. And he's probably the best player in college basketball talent-wise. At least most people expect him to be. So so why punish this situation? I stand by uh, our buddy Sam Vecini's idea. I love this idea. I just want to give him a shout-out for this. The, uh, every time these these violations happen and you want to punish schools, and it's always, it's always players that had nothing to do with it that get hit the hardest and, and they have to serve the punishment now. Uh, his idea is announce the punishment but it doesn't take effect for three years or four years or whatever so that way like mm -hmm. any kid that signs up to go to that school knows that in four years you're going to miss the tournament yeah but the kids that are there now don't have to serve the punishment but, but so, that would be an actual punishment yeah that would, that would that's actually like well thought out and then that way the school's still yeah. being punished which by again i would need to be said like oklahoma state i don't think they should be punished at all for this because they didn't gain a competitive advantage um, the guy was thrown in prison. The guy who committed the the, <laughs> the crimes was thrown in prison, literally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like justice has been served already. I don't think we need to ban Cade Cunningham from the tournament. I don't think that serves anybody, does it? I don't no, know. nobody's winning that. And it also says a lot that Cade Cunningham, even knowing that, decided that he trusted in Mike Boynton to stay with Oklahoma State. We talked about that. You know, I got to say, I'm back. excited for Oklahoma State. I am on the bandwagon now because because of this adversity, because uh, I saw the clip being uh, passed around Twitter of Mike Boynton at practice. Did you see that where he was diving mm -hmm. on the floor? Play, mm -hmm. He did the defensive very, drill. Very, very, yeah, Eric Musselman light. Yeah. Eric Musselman. Yeah, I like the energy coming out of Stillwater. Stillwater. Uh, I would love to see Oklahoma State be be good again and and like legitimately good and um 
yeah, I, I, I'm cheering for them. They're my, they're, they're a pet team. I hope it works yeah. out for them. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let Doug Godley get in the way. Pull for Oklahoma State. <laughs> they're they're going to be a fun team. Uh, next one we have Indy D3 Baller says, uh, one of my least favorite words I ever invented. Choops states no. <laughs> MTEs. This is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> you made, you already made it a thing. You brought it up, and these people, they've locked in. He, it, the first thing he says is, situations are situational. Pat McAfee gives him credit. Shout out to Pat McAfee. Uh, and in this situation we are we are in, we deserve college hoop state tournaments. Bubble it up in one city of each state. All D1 teams invited. Maybe D2 also. Been waiting to hear you guys talk about that as an option oh. for no conference games, MTEs. I personally would love to see Kay and Roy play in December for the North Carolina State title. Oh, and this is a, this is a this great five-star Friday. This guy's point. from Indiana? Yes. Yeah, indie D three baller. It, that, that uh, excited just, for North Carolina basketball. This is good for the podcast. If you would have told me, if you wouldn't have said he's from Indiana, and I had to guess what state he's from, I would say that is that is an Indiana line of thinking right there. That is a guy who is from Indiana and thinking that way. I absolutely love this idea. Do you like this yeah, idea? I love this idea, okay. and I thought about like I mean having the Big Four in North Carolina. I think you keep it to four teams. So no, no, four, no, no. That's not the no, joy no, no. of it. Well, who wants to? That's the, that's the ACC no, regular season. No one's trying to see look, that. You, you we want to see Charlotte four, and pick, Davidson I'm, and East I'm saying Carolina. you pick your four, you pick your four teams. That's all I'm saying. Make it simple. Just no, pick your four no. teams. We want a full fledged like an FA Cup in England where you got like some like semi pro team where all the guys got beer bellies. <laughs> They're going up against Arsenal in the first round. Yeah. The, <laughs> like those are the ones we can see. Dogs. Yeah. They're the ones. The semi pro team that's going to come up. We want compete. the state yeah. champions. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that should be. Yeah. I don't. I want college basketball to get crazy with some of these ideas. I, yeah. I want that to happen so badly. That reminds me of like the idea I had one year. I I pitched. I I forget this. I wrote this on the Ringer of Grantland. I had I, maybe I said it on the podcast the idea of like taking the top four of the preseason and making that the Champions Classic, and it's a tournament and it's a final four. It's like that's the first four, and then whoever wins mm-hmm. that gets an automatic bid out of the gate. It's the first. It's the first two games of the season. If you win those two games, you get an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament, and then. They just get to be on cruise control the rest of the season, but they, it, you still have to like play for seeding and all that. And I just love yeah. the idea of like Kentucky winning that, and then now Cal's trying to coach his guys up. They're all freshmen, <laughs> and they're all they all already know they're in the tournament. They don't have to play that yeah. hard. I don't. They're like the worst chill, ideas, we'll, No, they're like we'll see you in February. Like, yeah, we'll one like of the worst ideas I've ever had, but I'm I'm just trying to think outside the box. I feel like this is actually a good idea, a state championship thing. Uh, how many states would people hang banners for? Like if you mm. won it. Mm. I feel like uh, Indiana, out of the 50 states, 100%. Indiana, they're hanging a banner in Indiana. They're hanging oh. it in North Carolina. Uh-huh. Uh, I think they're hanging the banner in Hawaii. Uh, I think they're hand, hanging the banner in California. California. I don't know where in yeah. California. They're definitely hanging it there. Arizona, Texas, they're hanging Texas. the banner. Ohio, they're hanging the banner. Michigan, yeah. they're hanging the banner. You don't think Ohio's hanging a banner? Ohio, like if Ohio care. State, well, I will. If Ohio, like if Indiana won it. It feels like an Indiana thing to be proud. Of. I'm thinking like if Ohio State won the Ohio, I mean that'd, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, screw it. Let's Georgia, Georgia, Georgia's state. hanging a banner. Florida's hanging a banner. Who, who's uh, the who's what state is not hanging a banner? Who's who's the that's state a, that's an even better question. Uh, it have to be man. like New- Minnesota, or Wisconsin, right? Like if Minnesota won, who else is even in Minnesota? Minnesota, I think won, Mo- like- <laughs> uh, being in Montana right now, I think Montana is not hiring or, or or putting a banner up. I think they're just gonna say, yeah, we did it. You, uh, you don't Montana. have to see the tape. Yeah, what yeah. Wyoming is another one. Getting after yeah, Montana, huh? It's honestly just sitting out looking at the trees, man. It's uh, it's wild. Are you, I feel like you, I'm, in Phil I'm at uh, Glacier National Park. Yeah, Brock, Brock yeah. Eisweiler's from up there. Go to uh, uh, I love, I love that place. Go to, go to Whitefish, go to uh, the Bulldog Saloon in Whitefish, Montana. They have uh, mm. 
pictures of naked women in the men's bathroom. So that's a little tip for you. Just uh, mm. keep that in your mm. back pocket. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can do that. I, uh, I'm going to keep it PG-13. They have it on the walls. I, I took a piss in there one time when I was up that way. And, uh... I saw I saw a bear yesterday uh, driving up to the, to the cabin and uh, at a cup with them. And you're just kind of like at this point. I really don't want to go out to a bear. You know, that you would, that would be the go worst Baylor. case. <laughs> I, I, I was like, please, sir, just let me pass. It's Scott please drew a good pass. coach. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> please. <laughs> Message to the haters. Scott, coach, <laughs> coach. State tournament. I love that idea. Uh, I only yeah. love that idea in a way that you say you love ideas on podcasts when people suggest ideas and then you try to like gas mm-hmm. up your listeners' ideas so they keep sending you more ideas. I legitimately like that idea. That's a great yeah. idea. I think state like – the the Indiana's already doing that uh, crossroads classic thing. Ohio's trying to get it done. We had Chris Holtman on the show. He was talking about um, the team that's uh, the hiccup in that. Who, who was it? I forget. Was it Xavier? It was Xavier, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think it was. It was Xavier. Yeah, yeah, Xavier was. Yeah, classic private school move. So there's there are states already kind of doing this, but I love the idea of like the small schools getting involved. Maybe we don't let D twos get involved. That's a little too that's a little too much. But uh, mm. I love the ideas of like the states that have massive like like uh, Ohio and North Carolina, for example. They both have a thousand Division one schools in those states. Open it up. Let's let's do the mm-hmm. the North Carolina Open. <laughs> I feel like for that's going to be the actual that's the Maui actual Invitational this year. Yeah, that's true. It's, David, it's it's Davidson versus North Carolina. That's mm. all the people can hope for. Uh, that was my last one though. That was I it. it was the all best. right. I was like well, I was like that's that was a good, good one. I, li- I like that one. Five star Friday is fun. Cool. Shout outs closeouts. Anything? Man, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to shout. I, mean, I don't even know if this is a shout out. It's more of a closeout for uh, the NBA draft talk that we have a, uh, have ahead. Cole Anthony is going to be uh, the the uh, the focal point of the draft in the sense that, like, I've seen the range of Cole Anthony, and I've heard so many people say different mm-hmm. things. I had one person tell me they would not draft Cole Anthony. That was in a front office. I had someone else say that Cole Anthony was going to be a top-five pick. So I just wanted to shout out the fact that Cole Anthony is taking over the headline game going into the draft. I don't know how this man works so well. He's always talked about – I've seen him play one great game against Notre Dame. It was the first game of the season. And then he did what you just talked about. He was like, all right, I'm yeah, done. He's I'm like, done. I'm getting drafted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a triple-double. I'm out. Automatic and, bid uh, to the draft. I did it. Uh, so I just want to shout out to Cole Anthony for just like already managing the headline game. And I don't know where he's going to go, but I know we're going to talk about it. So shout uh, out Instead of putting out our big board, we should put out our, our the most volatile uh, <laughs> draft prospects big board. Like, is Cole Anthony number one? Is it LaMelo Ball? Is it mm. uh, is it Anthony Edwards? You know, a lot mm. of people like him at number one. Other people say shot selection's <laughs> horrible. I don't know. He's like, who is the most volatile pick in this draft? Who is the? Um, I still stand by because it, it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm not reading the right things, but I swore I saw something where the Timberwolves were talking about maybe trading the number one pick, um, mm-hmm. and the Warriors are talking about trading. And God, that would be so great if like the first night of the the draft is. Is it, is it multiple nights now, or is it all one night? It's still one night, right? I think it's one they, night. They yeah, haven't yeah, done yeah. multiple nights yet. Yeah, but if they have to do multiple nights because like the first three <laughs> hours, nobody is taking any picks. It just, they just keep trading the number one pick, and they're like, "All right, we'll be back tomorrow." And the as it stands now, the Washington Wizards, after twenty seven trades, the Washington Wizards currently own the number one pick. Will they keep it? Tune in tomorrow night, seven p.m. <laughs> to find out. Yeah, I mean, it's one if of those. No one ever picks. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you could be talking to anything too, like from what you're hearing, because no one has a set, you know, standard for like who this yeah. guy is based on these grades. And a lot of it is uh, you talked about the basement ceiling is all I'm hearing about. All, all I hear about mm. is this guy's ceiling, that guy's ceiling. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily see the ceiling all the time. Oh, be top in. That's oh, the pick. That's the pick to the Bulls. 
Obi Toppin the Bulls is like that's that's what I'm praying for. Billy Donovan oh. with Obi Toppin and Laurie Markkinen and Kobe oh. White and Wendell Obi. Carter. That's Obi. that's something right there. Obi, that would be cool. That would be really cool if Obi. I would love that. I would love that too. I would I I would then hate it because as soon as like his first game, he he's like seven for seventeen, and then like Lamelo Ball. You know, yeah, does does is is nine for seventeen? Then everyone's like, wow. I was going to say nine for twenty seven. What a horrible, what a like, horrible pick, taking top it. And, uh, but yeah, that that would be cool. I I I really don't. I don't envy the Timberwolves having the number one pick. I I don't mm-hmm. think number one is what you want. I feel like number three is what you want, and you just take like whoever's left. <laughs> there, there's there were some rumors about the Sixers uh, potentially having an interest in the number one pick as well, like a Ben Simmons trading Ben Simmons out to get the number one pick. And uh, if that were to happen, you know what I love? Then Lamelo I love- Ball has to go to the six i love the, that's just form- the funniest thing in the world i love the format of picking a guy in the nba and saying would you trade the number one pick for that guy like tyler hero for example mm-hmm. would you trade the mm-hmm. i think i was it rasillo that tweeted that out one like not too long no ago? it was duncan robinson that he it was duncan robinson was. yeah like if yeah, you had the yeah. number would you trade the number one pick for duncan robinson and uh i, I love that format of discussion <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Two games ago, everyone's like, "No way!" And then after the last game, they're like, "Yeah, he's trash." What a stupid question. That's how. That's how quickly. (laughs) Would you rather have the 2020 number one pick or Alex Caruso on your roster? (laughs) Mm, mm, People (laughs) are asking. Vote below. Like and comment. Subscribe. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Any other shout outs? I don't really Uh, have anything else. I just want to shout out uh, Brianna Stewart. I know we don't talk about the mm. WNBA much on this program, but uh, Brianna Stewart, like Tarasi to me is one of like the first, like I, I just watched her whole career at UConn, saw her win. Mm. But Brianna Stewart has won four straight at UConn, was the MVP, and then uh, took a one-year break and then won, you know, basically just did it all again in the NBA finals here and swept with Sue Bird. So shout out to Brianna Stewart. I feel like she's like making a Kobe run or a Jordan yeah. run or a LeBron, whatever you want to say. Like she's doing that and it's very quiet. I know no one really seems to care, but like she's a monster and she's cold blooded and they swept. Like they just got like Asia Wilson is awesome. Asia Wilson, I think, is like one of the best women's players I've seen in a long time, maybe since like Candace Parker, as far as being a big. And then she just got twerked, you know, by Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird. So, so uh, shout out to them. Brianna Stewart, uh, you're saying you're locking it in. Goat potential? She, she Goat potential goat. is what I'm saying. You're yeah, saying yeah. Diana wow. Taurasi wow. is already doing her version of the last wow. dance. She's like, do you remember <laughs> when we <laughs> – remember all this? <laughs> uh, remember when we talked about Maya Moore? Um, and then I, I, I was asking you, like, who's the UConn goat? And then mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's a UConn fan that reached out to us. And he said, "What do you say, Lobo? Rebecca Lobo is like the 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 OG. The, the OG. There's Maya Moore. There's uh, Diana Taurasi, and there's Brianna Stewart. But there's also got to be Sue Bird on there, right? Yeah, or not? I don't know. I don't know how it shakes out. That's the that's the problem with UConn is that they're too good. It's it's it's. That's why know, if, if you're yeah, it's Don Calipari trying to watch the finals, and he's like, I don't know who to cheer the, for. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Ariam is just tweeting like my girls, like that's that's these these are my girls. That's what I expect yeah. from these guys. You're like, wait a second, what happened there? He's like going back and forth. Who does uh, who does Ariama think the goat is? That's what definitely who, who's the greatest player that's ever played for him. I wonder. Probably Tarasi. It's Tarasi. Yeah. It, and he would put that out, I think, for her. I feel like that's in the last dance with uh, yeah, Diana Tarasi. Tarasi's the. Tarasi's my goat. She, she, she's considered the goat, right? I don't think so. I don't know. God, I'm not. It's so to hard. To, I, I, I don't even think it is like a goat conversation, really. You know, 
Because Cheryl Miller was like Cheryl Miller. Cheryl like Miller. Like a, yeah. It's like a Kareem, you know, where it's like it's so far removed. But if you know, you Dude, know, where you're just like she's can, the goat. Can, that's my one shout out I want to give for this program is Kareem. Uh, shout out to Kareem Abdul Jabbar for not lifting a finger in the last how many when did he retire 30 40 years ago whatever it was mm-hmm. <laughs> uh has not lifted a finger on a basketball court and has worked his way back into the goat conversation solely yeah. because as lebron's career progresses and the argument for lebron james over michael jordan becomes longevity that that becomes like the argument and then as that argument is getting made everyone's like now hang on a second if we're doing the longevity thing we got to talk about Kareem. Kareem yeah. has now made his way back into the GOAT conversation, has not done a damn thing in 40 years. It's brilliant. Well done, Kareem. And it's also like a blueprint for LeBron, which I think is what LeBron is doing. He's making his GOAT conversation for the people to come back to 40 years later. Because when you look at the record books, you're like, why isn't this guy the guy? And mm-hmm. then everyone's like, I mean, people were saying he was. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Back then, people were saying he was. and uh, But people just didn't like him because of his politics or whatever it may be. That's what Kareem had. Everyone, you know, and, and that is like the, the revisionist history that'll be working. That's why LeBron is he's playing it perfectly. And it's not just a one and done for LeBron. I will say that. Having watched the last game, I respect the fact that this man has built a Lakers foundation for him to be the third guy, second guy, first guy when he chooses for however long he can to mm-hmm. win championships. And that's like... You know, that, that's, that, that's smart. Yeah, he can he can stick around. He can still rack up championships well into yeah. his forties if he wants. Exactly. But just uh, yeah, Kareem yeah. Kareem and Magic like switch spots. Like you know what I mean? Like Magic was like the rookie, and Kareem was the guy. And then as like time wilted on, Kareem's like, all right, my turn to be number two. You're number one guy. I, I heard myself say forty years, and then I did the math and realized forty years ago it was nineteen eighty, and then I was like, "That's not right." Kareem definitely played longer than that. So yeah, I but it this up. year feels this year feels like ten years and one. Yeah, so yeah. Like it, yeah. He retired in nineteen eighty nine. I just looked it up, so uh, I'm I to say thirty one years. But yeah, he hasn't done anything in thirty one years. He's back to being the goat, maybe. So good job, Kareem. Uh, is that it? Is that you got anything else? All right. Well, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we will see you guys next week. <laughs>